0: Hello, welcome to episode 97 of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. It's your host, Matt, back again for the fourth edition of the Chelsea Women's Show. And this time, I'm not alone. I am joined by the wonderful Dean Mears from the Went to Mo Meadow podcast. May I say the the best Chelsea Women's podcast around. Dean, welcome to the show. How are you, Merant? Very kind, Matt. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me on. Um, I know you've been a guest for me a few times, so nice to return the favour.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of times I've tried to get you on. Obviously, busy schedules sometimes don't work out, um, but glad to finally have you on um, to the podcast. Um, Today, we are here to review Chelsea's 9-0 thrashing of Leicester City in the Women's Super League. Um, So before we get right into it, we'll go through a little stats breakdown for you analytical people out there. So, um, Chelsea FC had... 76.7% possession compared to Leicester City's 23. Um, Chelsea had 25 shots on top shots with 14 on target compared to Leicester's 2 and 0. Chelsea made 696 passes with an 86.8% accuracy compared to Leicester's 217 with 56.2% accuracy. Chelsea won 30, uh, 60% of their duels compared to Leicester's 39.3. Um, Chelsea made 14 tackles, 3 clearances and 8 interceptions compared to Leicester City's 10 tackles, 25 clearances and 16 interference uh, interceptions. Um, Dean, uh, what a performance on a lovely Sunday afternoon and for the UK viewers, Mother's Day, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. They certainly um, came out the blocks firing, shall we say, um I said when you know, I previewed what would have been the Tottenham game uh, last week on Wentzmo King's Meadow that you know, I thought we were going to win that game easily because this team seems really fired up. And they certainly showed no mercy to Leicester. Um, was it three goals in seven minutes? is just ridiculous. Um, the way their mindset is right now um, is, is top class and I wouldn't expect anything less at the moment from this team.
0: Yeah, it it got to it got to the point where it started getting a bit embarrassing in the end. And almost as almost, you wanted to stop watching, just because you couldn't, I feel like Leicester fans couldn't take it anymore. Um, but let's get into the lineups before we start talking about the number of goals that we scored. So, Chelsea lined up in a 3 5 2 formation with Zachira Muzovic in goal. Uh, you had a back three of Jess Carter, Anik Nguyen, and Millie Bright, with Guru Ryton and Neem Charles either side as the wing backs. Um, Sophie Ingle, Erin Cuthbert and G lined up in central midfield while Bethany England and Sam Kerr started up front. Meanwhile, for Leicester, uh, they lined up in a 5-4-1 formation with Demi Lambourne in goal, a back five consisting of Gemma Perfield, Ashley Pumptree, uh, Georgia Burham, uh, Sophie Howard and Esme de Graaf. Um, the midfield four consisted of Freya Gregory, Molly Pike, Sam Tierney, Shannon O'Brien and then finally Natasha Flint starting in what was a relatively lonely position up front for this game um Dean obviously there was no Harder no Kirby no Magda or Berger but we still managed to uh, breeze past Leicester would you say that's the perfect scenario for us
1: yeah of course I mean we knew obviously before the game that uh Pernilla and Fran were both out um so I was interested to see how we lined up attacking wise um and then when it was Kerr and England um Again, you're waiting to see if they're going to play actually together or if one of them is going to be moved that wide, you know, as it was. You know, I think their combination worked very well uh, as the two up top, which is how they worked best um, in the year that Fran was out um, with her illness um, before we had, obviously, Camilla on the team. Um, and then using G as that number 10, which is you know, her best role as well, um, was interesting. Um, you're probably looking at probably Jesse Fleming, because she was on the bench wondering perhaps why she's not playing. And that's probably because we weren't going to counter-press Leicester. We were going to dominate the game as we did. Um, And probably on balance, she'd go with G in that role. And she had so much space, it was ridiculous. Um, As you said, Magda on the bench still, but the defence has been um, pretty solid um, without her um, playing as a four, or again now as the three, um, with Jess, Millie and Anik. Uh, back there, um, as you say, without Berger as well. But then, you know, Muzovic, I think, has played now five WSL games on the spin. Um, to me, she's first-choice goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, because that was the conversation I was going to look on to go next. Obviously, the whole Berger-Muzovic debate has been going on online. I think we've discussed it uh, in the last podcast on yours. Um So, do you think Berger has now lost the number one place or do you think it's still... A process of Leicester's a smaller team uh, and it's a bit of a rotation, or do you think Berger has got to work her way back into it? Uh,
1: and now, I definitely think that Berger's lost her position. Um, I think Chelsea actually do play um, with the ball a lot more in defence, passing through midfield rather than sort of bypassing, you know, just playing the long balls. They still do do that, and then he got the assist for Sam doing that. Um, but there's also the video of the wonderful team goal where we play it through the team um, and we score a goal through that. I, I think that's Jesse's goal. And there are so many I get confused. Sure. Um, I think Muzovic is a lot more comfortable with the ball at her feet, um, playing with the defence. Um, obviously, AKB had you know, a pretty bad game in the Conti Cup final. Um, not that she was to blame for the defeat, but you know, conceding the goal that she did, the first one for City, wasn't great. The fact that Muzovic has then played the next five WSL games, um, I know they've not all been very tough. I know Everton away was probably the toughest of those. Um, but then for Berger to come in for the cup game against Birmingham City, you know that shows one, she's not injured, and two, that she's the rotation now. Um, I know you said Leicester are not the best team in the WSL, as we know, um, but they are... Well, they were, um, doing much better under their new manager, Lydia Bedford, um, than they was at the start of the season. And, you know, Chelsea need to win these games. You know, it's not like they can take for granted that they're going to win. They have to, and this win took them top of the table. So, there was a lot riding on it from Chelsea. We did have pressure on them. And Emma Hayes decided that Muzovic starts, and in the next game, I think Muzovic will start as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, obviously... It was kind of inevitable since miskovic comes in that, um, in last January that she was going to hopefully be the heir to Berger eventually because of, unfortunately she's not the youngest uh, spring in the box. But um, I, I do feel maybe it's a bit harsh in a way. I know it's a cup final and I know she did make a big mistake, but she's been. So, I, I feel like she's been so good for us uh, in the year she's played for us. So maybe it's just a bit of a. I'd say it's a bit harsh to completely drop her out of it. Um, but I, I'm not too unhappy at the decision because we have two good goalkeepers. So sometimes you, you've got to play well every game. Otherwise, you've got, you're got you going to be risking to be dropped out. Um, the midfield three, obviously, that seemed that was a bit surprising uh, seeing G in her third role, Cuthbert and Ingle together, and playing that kind of 3-5-2. It seemed to work out quite well. Um, do you think it was important to gain control of the midfield? And then let the attack sort itself out because obviously, if we if we control the midfield, it kind of stops Leicester doing anything like it did.
1: Yeah, I think it, it obviously helps with sort of the free in that midfield that they can you know keep possession of the ball and and keep you know working it in that midfield area. I think what we have struggled with the three four three is that you know that there's a double pivot, but they don't they they can't get the ball. And if they do, there's no one sort of there for them to play sort of the triangles with that evades presses and and gets into good positions. Uh, this enabled Chelsea to do that. You've got you know, Sophie Ingle, who's great at understanding you know, where the ball's going to go and intercepting, and you've got Erin, who you know one has fantastic you know, energy and she can get up and down the pitch. But secondly, technically she's also excellent, so she can get on the ball and she can turn and make passes. And obviously G is G, she does what she does best. Um, yeah, you know, I don't like her playing in a double pivot because I think she needs to be carried. And when she's played there, she's you know, at times been, you know, with either G or uh, G sorry, Drew Spence or, or Sophie, and they're having to do two people's work and it, it doesn't really work for her there. This gives a better balance to the team. Um, with Fran and Penilla both out, you know, you need someone like G in that position to link up with with Beth and, and um, Sam Kerr and she did that um, yesterday very well
0: Yeah it does almost give us I find that better balance I do, I do find at times some of the midfielders are almost shoehorned into positions that they're maybe not the best at and then it does kind of affect that whole balance but unfortunately when we've got so many good attackers we can't just play two people up front we have to have kind of the three um, and even then we're having at least one player always missing um, from the game. Um, but it's it's that's why Emma is the manager and Emma does a good job in at least trying to rotate it as much as she can. Um, so let's get into the game now. And we can comfortably say that was probably the fastest start we've seen Chelsea women, uh, have in a long time. Four goals in 11 minutes, with the first being an absolute wonderful goal by Guru Wrighton. Um, Dean, what was your thoughts on that wonderful free kick?
1: I want to say I'm not surprised because we know what um, you know. She can do from from set pieces, and you know there was one of the things last season when we played that four four two diamond midfield, and she didn't really get played. Grew right, and and you think you've got this talent there, you need to play her in this formation. I think um, either the three four three or the three five two gets her into really good positions, and you know we know she's a bit of a specialist in you know assisting other players and. Yeah, when she lines up in that position, yeah, I think the commentator was saying it looks like G's gonna take it but you know, people that watched you know the team know that there was only one player striking that and if that was a Premier League game you would be seeing that on Sky Sports News on Loop, um, for the next couple of days. So it was superb.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a fantastic freak. We know Guro has that in her. Um, I've always, I was always surprised at the start of the season when she came into that wing back. because I, I just wondered how she'd adapt to it. But I think she, she's adapted to it very well. Um, and Arguably kept Yana Anderson out of the team uh, completely. Um, but and it has been a benefit to to this team, uh, especially in the wide areas where obviously in this formation we now lack a bit of presence with only there being wing backs. Um, but yeah, fantastic goal. We know, we all know that that's in her. Um, and it's great to see that right at the beginning of the game to calm any nerves that anyone had. Um, the second goal, obviously, come in basically straight after. A beautiful ball ball by Millie Bright to put Kerr through 1v1. Her first shot is saved, but comes straight back to her and she's able to tap it in. Um, would it be a bit harsh for me to say that Kerr should be scoring that first chance in the first place? And what do you think of Millie Bright's wonderful ball to her? And,
1: I think the first chance is a bit too easy for Sam Kerr, so that's why she um she didn't score. Um she likes to take it the hard way round. Um yeah, I mean the pass was everything about the goal really. Um it's like Chelsea look for quite regularly and you know the free back formation is the two wide centre backs come out with the ball. Obviously it works a lot better with Magda on the left because she's naturally left footed. Um but those are the sorts of, you know, passes and runs that they work on. Um In training, when they're lining up, uh, so warming up for matches, that's the sort of passes they're playing, trying to get the forwards in. Um, A bit of a comedy of errors for Leicester, and I think the left back's playing Kerr on side by quite a distance. And then the goalkeeper makes an actually really good save, but the defender trips over her as the ball rebounds, and that's why Kerr has an empty net. But, you know, I think if she misses the chance and she doesn't score, I think you can criticise Kerr for not being a bit more clinical, but. Yeah, those that watch the team know that that's what she's like. She'll miss three easy chances and score the fourth ridiculous one that you wouldn't expect her to.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, we I mean we can't complain too much. We won nine nil, so it, it's something. If 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 it was one if it was one nil and Leicester went and scored up the other end, we could we could up we could go. Oh, she should have scored that. But yeah, as you said, it's it's Sam Kerr. She she'll miss the easy chances and then she'll go for an audacious one like a chip or anything like that and. Obviously, she'll score it. Um, yeah, but Millie Bright, I think it's trademark for Millie, isn't it? Um, and great long balls. It's why she's in the England team. It's why she's in this team. It's why she's going to be in this team for hopefully a long period of time. Um, because she is a wonderful defender in terms of her passing ability. One of the best in the world. Not even just the, the league, in the world. Uh, and pleasure to have her. Obviously, Kerr was in the thick of it again uh, for the third goal. Setting up Bethany England, who... Takes it like a proper striker, putting it into the top corner. Um, Dean, them two obviously combined very well um, today, um, didn't they? Um, with Bethany England setting up Sam for the seventh one as well. Um, obviously, we mentioned earlier how we weren't too sure how it was going to go. Um, but they really did combine brilliantly, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And they actually you know, have a very good
1: understanding of each other when they you know, played that um, the season without Fran. You know, it was those two that led the line for Chelsea. So they know each other pretty well. Obviously the the arrival of the harder has meant that, you know, it's only one striker most of the time and you know, as, as amazing as Bethany England is, Sam Kerr is, is a world class striker, so you're gonna pick her, you know, nine times out of ten. Um there was a game recently I can't, I think it was Aston Villa when you know Bethany was on the bench, but Emma brought her on and Sam Kerr was still on the pitch, but you know, Beth went out wide right, and it's just wasted. You know what she's great at, and, and that your know, goal is a perfect example of their link-up play. You know, the throw-in to Beth, who flicks it on, Sam picks it up, and Beth makes the run and finishes it. You know, excellently in the in the top corner, and you know that's the sort of play that got Beth you know the the player of the year. Um, that sort of movement, that sort of link up with a second striker, and it, it's a great other option for Chelsea to have. Um, and hopefully, the performance of both of them means that Emma, when she does pick them, will play them as strikers, uh, not out of position.
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, Bethlehem England is always at the moment the casualty to the wonderful array of attacking talent we have. Um, and unfortunately, when you bring in someone like Peniel Harder, who Ballon d'Or winner, you, you it's hard. It's hard to say. You got. You can try and put M, uh, Bethany England into that team, um, which is unfortunate. But um, it's glad to have her. Uh, I don't know how long it will be till, eventually, she may part ways. Um, but hopefully, we can have her for as long as we possibly can. Uh, in terms of being selfish in that way, um, the next the next goal was one of two debut WSL goals. Uh, Anik Newin tapping it in from a corner um dean have you been how how impressed have you been with uh Nguyen since she slotted into the team for Magda in the last three three months
1: oh incredibly um even before she sort of got in the team when she played a couple of games you see sort of the composure of her you know she read the game very well um and then obviously since magda's injury she's you know had to play um and she's she's been fantastic she you know Always looked like she could be a threat from set pieces. Um, this routine, obviously, a little bit different because she's the one, sort of, in the six-yard box blocking the goalkeeper's view, and then is in the right position to turn in, you know, the shot from England that's going wide. Um, but like you said, you know, she's been fantastic when she's come in, and it's hard to, as good as Magda is, and obviously she's the captain. It's you know hard to justify dropping either of you know Carter Bright or and at the moment, to allow Magda back in, as crazy as that may sound to some people, that's the level she's reached. And obviously she's very young still. Um, so that's, you know, obviously going to be good for the future that she's going to continue to get better. And if she continues at this rate, she's going to be one of the best in Europe for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised of how well she's played generally for like, the whole season. Um, obviously being only 23 years old, coming into a new league, uh, especially with Emma's teams, you find sometimes you find some of the signings take a little bit of time to adapt um, to the style, to the league. Um, but I think she's done that brilliantly. And then coming in for your captain, one of the most important players, and making it seem as if we haven't, haven't missed her at all, I think that's fantastic. And now there is again, there's questions in the attack of who starts. And now, really, there's questions in the defence of who starts. Um, obviously, Emma's paid uh, a nice bit of money to do that, uh, to make them decisions. Um, if it was up to us, I think we'd struggle. But there you go. Um, it's great um, that Luley can get them uh, games and get some good goals, assists, um, and generally being an all-out good player. Um, Chelsea did make it 5-0 just before halftime with some beautiful, beautiful play. Uh, Wrighton crosses it in to give Bethany England her second goal of the game. Uh, first of all, and Dean, was that was that as close to Pep Guardiola's tick attack of football for Chelsea as they're going to get? Uh, and then second question: Most people know by now that Beth Bethany England is one of your favourites in the team. Um, how important are them two goals for her today?
1: Yeah, firstly, probably the closest Chelsea have come to it um, in some time. You know, that's what. You know, if you look just before, obviously, Wright gets the ball, it's the link up with G. You know, in that position with Sam Kerr. Um, Goes out wide and she puts in that you know excellent ball right and and then England is going to be the only winner to get that header. Um, you now obviously it's it's great for Beth you know she's had you know a, a difficult time over the last season or two for Chelsea. She's had opportunities to play and been injured. Um, we thought when Sam went to the Asia Cup that she was going to come into the team again. She didn't. First of all, and then she was injured again. So her career has been stop start. She's She's had the opportunity to leave Chelsea that we know and decided to stay. Um, I mean, on Wentzimo Kings Meadow, we interviewed her mum in the summer and she was full of you know, praise for the club and how much she loved being at Chelsea. And Obviously, that's an element in her decision-making uh, to stay. Obviously, this was before Sam's contract extension as well. Um, but like you said, if you know, frantic injury or illness that we don't really know about, is serious, then she might be out for the rest of the season. Um, we don't know the extent of Pinilla's injury. Um, so there might be lots of opportunities for her to play. And getting two goals is only going to do wonders you know, for her confidence. Because that, she is that kind of player. You know she gives 100% for Chelsea every time she plays. But having that bit of extra confidence and belief in yourself that you can score and you can make a difference is massive. And if she plays in the next game, you know, She's going to be on top of the world going into it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we, we both want um, Fran and Peniela to come back as soon as possible, but the fact that we've got such a good replacement in Bethany England to come in and finally hopefully have some good luck um, into the season, getting some game time and trying to show Emma that she does deserve to still be in and around this team, that she, she can possibly... Pip someone in the starting lineup. Um, I do think this se- this summer might be the summer that she goes. Um, but whoever she goes to, I think it's fair enough for her. Uh, and she's been a fantastic servant for Chelsea. Nothing for us to complain about. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's it. The rest of the season goes well, and hopefully she can stay. Um, I'm not too sure if it will happen, but we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously, the next goal just after half-time, Another wonderful goal by Guru, writing as usual. But Dean, I've got to ask: was that a cross or was that a shot?
1: It's definitely a cross um, for Sam. It just she gets a bit more on it and it, it sneaks in. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you if you watch the goals, you know five and six are very similar. Um, just one, the cross is inch perfect, and the other she gets a bit of luck with. I think she does try and claim it as she means it, um, and I know she's good enough to do that. Um, but just looking at the run, sounds making it's hard to say that she definitely didn't mean that. I think that's a cross.
0: Yeah, for all the rival fans that are out there, we'll just say it's a shot. Um, but we all know that it probably was a cross. Um, but nonetheless, I don't really care. It was a great goal and puts us 6-0. Um, obviously, we've already touched on Sam Kerr's uh, header with the 7th. but So we'll move on to the 8th. Um, and this will be a memorable moment. Um for Lauren James, who finally gets her first goal uh, for Chelsea, and well, it's not been one of her best seasons um, due to a number of reasons. But are you glad she finally got that goal?
1: Yeah, uh, for me, you know, Lauren's obviously come with a lot of hype, with a lot of expectations, and you know, I guess people weren't aware, you know, what was going on behind the scenes with her. She, she's had a lot to deal with. Um, getting back into a more professional, you know, operation from what happened at United. Um, Emma's really taken her time with her. She's nineteen, Lauren, so she's very young. You know, got a lot of time to to make up for this sort of lost time that she's had. Um, but again I've not been overly impressed with her and the appearances that she has made. Um, when she came in the Conti Cup final. You know, she lost Caroline Weir for the second goal, I believe. Um which was the first thing she did on the pitch, which wasn't great. She then went on to lose the ball several times and stunk the place up. Really, again, like Beth, I think that will do wonders for her confidence. I mean, even though she mishit hit the ball, um, you know, just getting it over the line sometimes you know, it takes a bit of weight off your shoulders. And that hype is still going to be there for a, for a long time because she is so young. People are going to wait for her to sort of explode onto the scene. Um, but hopefully that can lead on to a good finish and then on to next season, she plays a more prominent part in the team and we see some of the things that we signed her for.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think she's got, obviously with her being 19, she's got a lot of time on her hands. I think it's not like the we desperately need someone in attack as well. She's not got so much pressure to always put performance in week in, week out. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, there's been a lot of different situations that she's been through and obviously had to play that catch-up a little bit. But I'm sure she'll hopefully come good. Uh, it will probably take a bit of time. And obviously, the whole Rhys James, Lauren James hype is always going to um, put a bit more pressure on her. Not just from the usual Chelsea women fans, but some of the casual fans that just see that she's Rhys James's sister and then automatically assume she's going to be as good as Reese James. But that that is what it is, unfortunately, with women's football sometimes. But uh, yeah, hopefully she can... Um, press on from this, uh, get a bit of confidence and put in some more good performances coming up to the season. Um, obviously, the last goal of the game come from another one of your favourites, Jessie Fleming. Uh, was that the cherry on top for you, Dean, uh, for Jessie to get that ninth goal in the last minute?
1: Yeah, I would say so. She um, is, is she, I think she is my favourite player um, in terms of how she plays the game. Um, I think her future is you know, going to be massive and I think she'll go on to be one of the sort of Ballon d'Or winners um, that you know, Chelsea are lucky to have. Um, again, you know, it was a great build up play, actually. Uh, playing the ball from midfield is something I've been uh, sort of hoping to see Chelsea do more and you know, use the players that they've got, um, uh, what they're good at. And you know, again, Drew Spence in a more attack minded role in the pivot, doing excellently. Um, another back heel assist. And the pass for her comes from Lauren James, so she's picking up the ball in, you know, the middle of the pitch this time and playing a great pass and Jesse with a you know a great finish into the corner. Um, like you said, I think people were hoping for ten. Um I would have been happy if it was just, you know, the six from half time and we saw the game out you know, with ease. But you know, it does build the goal difference as well as another factor. I think Chelsea are plus five on Arsenal, maybe now. So there's a big swing just in this game. Uh, which could be crucial as we go to the end of the season, but you know, like you said, the way that the players sort of celebrated as well with with Lauren and then with Jesse, you know, shows that they're you know good characters in the dressing room, and this team spirit is very high.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was nice for for me. It was nice for Jesse to get that goal because every time I, I watch her come onto the pitch, she's always been that fantastic, that that flair player that you always like to see. As you said. I do. I, I agree with you. I think she is one of them people you look at and think she's going to win a Ballon d'Or eventually. Um, don't want to put too much pressure on her, obviously, um, but I know she can thrive under pressure, so um, we won't we won't have to worry about that too much. Um, so that's all of the goals, uh, and there's not really to talk talk uh, to talk about on Leicester's part because they didn't really actually do anything apart from pick the ball out of the net, unfortunately. Um, so Dean, who was your man of to match today? Obviously, it's a tough decision with multiple players doing very well yeah I mean I asked with the to have a
1: discord channel for the podcast and we have lots of people in there talking about the games you know, as they go, as they happen uh, there was only one response uh, from them and that was you know, Guru and, Um I think that was you know, very much deserved she um for some reason was given the freedom of the King Power Stadium and she took you know full of you know um Lost my train of thought. You know, she took the that, you know, in with both hands and you know, made the game her own. Um she was, you know, fantastic and she was able to just play in the you know more forward positions, get the ball into the box with you know I set of pieces with uh, you know crosses for Bethany's goal, a free kick that she scored. She just you know had a fantastic game and she's a player that I think goes under the radar a bit when you're talking about Chelsea because you know it does happen to be Kirby Kerr and Harder, you know get that you know acclaim and they get the plaudits, but she is you know she is world class in my opinion, and she would walk into any WSL team as well. So she really put on a show and she stood up for Chelsea without you know Harder and Kirby sort of they're the sort of players that you know. Grab game by the scruff of the neck. She stood up for us today. and um, I'll just mention on the other side Neve Charles as well because although she didn't um, get on the score sheet, she, she did assist Lauren James and in recent weeks she's been superb. And having her on the right side has enabled Erin you know, to come in the middle and I think the pieces of the puzzle are, are fitting right at the right time and by the end of the season there's going to be a complete picture there for Chelsea.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean I, I I do agree with you. I think Guro as much as Bethany done fantastic, Sam did really good, G um was magical in terms of the link up. I think Guro just kind of had everything. She had the two fantastic goals that um not many people would be able to pick out. Um and then just the link up between defence to attack. Um she just, as you said, had the freedom of King Power Stadium, um, and completely lit it up. Um was fantastic and again like you said she does go under the radar um obviously it's natural with the amount of talent that we have that some players do go under the radar but I don't mind that because it means when they do put in good performances like this people will go oh look at that um look how good Chelsea are um and it almost gives us that bounce uh once again um so obviously that result does put Chelsea top of WSL for the first time this season and surprisingly with no game in hands, thanks to Tottenham, but not in the way that it was supposed to go, thanks to the certain subject we will not speak about. Um, Chelsea sit on 41 points from 17 matches, one point clear of Arsenal, and six points clear of Manchester United, with a game in hand on them. Um, Dean, this match, particularly with the added goal difference you mentioned, has really given us that advantage now over Arsenal, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it has. I think there's there's been a switch in the mindset um, from Chelsea and... Seeing some of the Arsenal supporters' tweets, I think they agree as well with that. And, you know, they were a a bit depressed on Sunday when Chelsea went top of the league. And I just can't see anything that's going to stop them. You know, they've been in these situations before. They were in this situation last season with Manchester City chasing them. Um, And they went to the Academy Stadium and got that 2 2 draw, which kept them at the top of the league. Um, And I know we've got difficult games coming up against, you know, Tottenham at. Doing very well, they're chasing the Champions League, um, so we've got to play them twice, um, and obviously the final game of the season could be huge in deciding you know league positions. But yeah, definitely, I think there's a switch in the mentality, and we we've been the chasers, um, and now we've got that position back. It's, it's hard to look against us. I know being Chelsea supporters, we probably will say that, but whereas Arsenal have been in the wilderness for a few years and. Their players, you know, may have forgot that winning feeling. For Chelsea, it's red hot, and they're on fire right now. And Arsenal have got big Champions League games coming up, um, and I think the semi final is going to be big as well. I think that will play a lot into the game.
0: Definitely, I think obviously that Conti Cup match was disappointing, but I think it's really stuck the fire rod up, uh, up Chelsea within, um, and it's meant that we are now going to just push for this and push for this and push for this and I think I think we will get over the line I think our experience and winning the WSL multiple times in the last few seasons that is the thing that will get us over the line I think obviously Tottenham is going to be the kind of stickler game Uh, eventually when we finally actually get to play it uh, I don't know how many times it's been cancelled now uh, but there you go eventually we'll get it done at some point Um, maybe they're just a bit too scared to play Chelsea at times but There you go, we'll we'll see when that game actually plays uh, and we'll hopefully get another good result from that. Um, So guys, before we do finish off this wonderful episode, we're going to have a little talk about some of the players within the team. Obviously, there are a few of you that are relatively new to watching Chelsea Women, which is perfectly fine, the more the merrier. Uh, But to give you newbies a bit of knowledge about the players itself, we're going to go through one or two players per episode, give you a lowdown of who they are, their football career so far, and what their strengths and weaknesses are, if there are any. Um, so we're going to start off with the goalkeepers, to keep it plain and simple, uh, to start off with. So first of all, we're going to talk about Zatira Muzovic, a uh, number one, in shirt number at least. As uh, a Swedish international, age 25. She spent eight years at Swedish team FC Rosengard, uh, making 108 appearances for the club. She signed for Chelsea in January 2021 and has since made nine domestic appearances in WSL and has t- kept a total of six clean sheets. Um, the Sweden she's made a total of five appearances and has won silver at the Tokyo Olympic Games and finished third place in the 2019 World Cup, beating yours truly, England, in the third place final. Um, so, Dean, obviously, Miskovic, she has been playing largely second fiddled Berger up until recently. Um, but what can you tell me about her strengths in her game?
1: Yeah, I think she, I think she was signed to be the backup goalkeeper. Um, yeah, there's no secret to that. AKB. Um, has been fantastic for Chelsea and one of Europe's best goalkeepers. Um, and I think you know being around her has raised Misevic's game. You know you mentioned the medal she won with Sweden. Well, she's you know Sweden's third choice goalkeeper, so she's not playing for Sweden as such. Um, so you know for Chelsea fans, we've got to know her as a person more than we do the player. Um, we we haven't been able to know too much because she's played in games where Chelsea have, have dominated. She hasn't really um, had much to do. Um, her weaknesses, probably you know, her shot stopping, well, which is AKB's strength. So you know, AKB is a fantastic shot stopper. She makes world class saves. Sometimes you look at Muzovic's goal, she conceded and think, you know, could she do a bit better there? Um, If you look at she played in the game against Wolfsburg when we lost 4-0 and a couple of the goals, you're thinking maybe
0: AKB saves that.
1: Her strengths, what we touched on, on the ball, she's very good. Um, She's got a better understanding with her teammates now. They'll come with the time she spent with them in training. Um, She's starting to look more settled in goal and more composed. It probably didn't help that she sort of come into the team against Wolfsburg last minute with AKB getting COVID and not travelling. Um, and I think it, it speaks volumes that Emma Hayes has allowed Carly Telford to leave the club halfway through the season. Um, that She does have trust in AKB, as she would, and as well, musovic And we've started to see her, that trust in her by her playing you know, regularly in games. You know, at the end of the game, obviously we just spoke about she had to make a save and you know, be on the ball, and she was. And that's a sign of a top goalkeeper that you can play for 90 minutes and do nothing. And then in the last seconds, have to do something important and she did that to keep her clean cheek. Um I'm looking forward to seeing more of her, you know, against better teams as so she has to do a bit more. Um physically she's very tall, um, so she's you know good at set pieces and claiming crosses. You know, just that you know, that bit of shop stopping and I think that's a bit of confidence, I think. I think once she starts you know feeling that confidence that she's trusted, which she has been recently, we'll see, you know, her more and more make the sort of saves that A K B makes.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think, obviously, her passing, as we've mentioned before, it's it's very decent. She's almost that modern-style goalkeeper in terms of playing the ball well out from the back, being able to make a range of different passes, being able to pass under pressure, uh, which is important sometimes, especially when teams do like to press. Um, And I do agree, I think, obviously, when you especially compare it to Berger, uh, obviously the shot-stopping, is not as good. Um, I do think it's, it's more. it mainly is a hand strength as well. I find there has been one or two occasions where she's got a hand to it and maybe I feel like she could have got a stronger hand to it. Um, but at her age, 25, that's something that will improve as she goes through her career. Um, and obviously, sometimes playing hot and cold, one minute she's playing, one minute she's not, you're not able to build that kind of consistency in it. Um, but obviously now where she's, starting to play game after game. Hopefully, we'll be able to see a bit more of her strengths um, in the game and be able to give a bit more of a greater uh, view to it and kind of nail down of what kind of player she is. Obviously, personality-wise, she's a fantastic personality on Twitter, uh, as we've all seen um, since she's arrived. Um, It's been great to have a player like that uh, that can connect with the fans. Um, So, credit to that. And obviously, she's still got a long way to go in her career. So, uh hopefully she can provide that for us um and then next on the list uh is number 30 and katrin berger uh she's a little bit older we should we shall say uh compared to muzovic Uh, she's 31 and she's from germany uh she's been at a number of clubs um such as vfl synden ffc turbine potsdam psg Birmingham city and then of course chelsea uh, I apologise for some of the uh, um, pronunciations. Uh, oh, There was one team that she was at before in her youth days, but I was never going to pronounce that, so I thought I'd just leave it out. Um, she has made a total of 42 appearances in the WSL and has a 24 clean sheets. Um, Berger has only made three appearances for Germany, which is due to them having a number of fantastic German goalkeepers, injuries when... She's had the chance to get called up. And then, as we've kind of mentioned on the podcast before, on your podcast, Dean, we've mentioned that it's possibly due to her not playing in the German league and sometimes with international teams, as we see with Gareth Southgate, that can be a bit of a bias that comes in. Um, So, Dean, obviously there's a bit of a healthy stigma stigma in the women's game that sometimes goalkeepers are not very good with shot-stopping, which I find is ridiculous. But that is one of the many of Berger's strengths, isn't it? Yeah that's,
1: yeah, that's a big thing, that she makes these saves, which you don't expect the goalkeeper to make. Um, you know, I mentioned the game against Manchester City last season when Chelsea got the team draw. She makes the save in the last seconds from a header that is absolutely you know, out of this world. Um, on the Champions League run, she saved a couple of penalties. Um, you know, that is her big thing. She's, you know, one of the best shot stoppers in, in women's football. Um, there's not many that, that make saves like she makes um, unfortunately there is a mistake in her um, and we've seen them more you know, more often recently um, you know, you think back to the opening Champions League group game against Wolfsburg she makes three mistakes that cost Chelsea three goals that probably cost Chelsea you know, progression you know, in the group stages um, although we, you know, we lost to Wolfsburg 4-0 in the return leg like, you know her game at home is the one where you're thinking Chelsea pick up three points and it sees them through before the final game anyway, um, and perhaps that's why we start to see Muzovitch more this season. You know, that those mistakes are becoming a bit more you know, frequent. She's not as confident with the ball at her feet as well. Um, although she she can you know, make passes, I'm not saying she can't. I don't think she's at that you know amazing level. I would compare her to the men's goalkeeper. You know, Edwin Mendy, um, a world-class shot stopper, who you will win trophies with, you will win titles with. Hasn't got the all-round game probably that will get her the plaudits, you know, internationally. As we've seen with Mendy as well, you know, Donna you wins know, the the trophy for best goalkeeper. Because um, they're not as you know, they're not as fancy or as flash, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's absolutely fine. Um, that's how I would sort of compare her if you wanted someone to compare her with if you've not really seen her before um and the other thing about her she loves getting you know hurt and she loves putting her body on the line she gets herself in these situations week in week out where the physio is coming on because someone's kicked her hand or she's fallen over three players to get the ball she seems to have no fear of getting stuck in and Chelsea supporters love her for that um as you said she's She's thirty-one now, and she has signed till twenty twenty-four. Um, recently, which I found interesting after bit signed, I thought that would be the end sort of this season. She would move on, but she's going to be around. Chelsea do have two number one goalkeepers competing for a, for a place, and there's not many clubs, you know, in men's or women's football that can say that.
0: Yeah definitely. I mean I, I definitely agree with you with the um Mendy comparison it is very similar in terms of the shop stopping. Uh I remember there were some games in them Champions League run last season where I was astonished um at the some of the saves she was making uh, particularly at the penalties. Um and yeah she's not very she, I wouldn't say she's bad with the ball um at her feet it's just obviously you get it's more the long passes you get rather than the short, crisp passes uh, that you see Zatira do sometimes. But I think it's nice that we have two goalkeepers that almost complement each other. One um, goalkeeper has strengths and weaknesses and the other kind of has them strengths that maybe the goalkeeper doesn't have. Um, so it's, it's nice to have two goalkeepers like that that can kind of combine like that in, in a good way. Um, obviously her age is getting to the point where there is going to be almost that transition between the two. I think that, for me, maybe it's starting a bit earlier than I would have thought. Um, but at the end of the day, as you said, I, I don't mind who plays, um, whether it's Berger or Muscovich. Um So, I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a good sign to have that. And obviously, as you said before, having Carly Telford that's now had to go because we've got so many good goalkeepers and Carly Telford is is again a very good goalkeeper in their own right. So Chelsea are just, unfortunately Emma has so much depth that she sometimes doesn't know what to do with it, Um, which is not the worst thing in the world to have, not the biggest problem. I'd rather have too much than too little, Uh, but there you go. I mean, hopefully you guys have had a little bit more information on the goalkeepers. Obviously we'll kind of go through the episodes as we go through picking out a couple of players and, doing the same similar sort of thing just so you guys can get a bit more information when you are watching the games um and then you can make your own idea of what they're what they need to improve on uh, and then you can come back and debate debate us about it um so that does bring the end to another wonderful podcast and it's nice finally to have another guest to talk about women's football uh dean thank you very thank you so much for joining us today um for the viewers who want to listen to you more where can they find you
1: yeah, thanks for having me. Nice um to do a podcast about having I mean, to do all the prep work before it, um and get to talk a bit more, I think, when you're hosting. I don't think you get to say as much, um, which is weird. Um but yeah, thanks for that. Um personally you can find me at Dean Mears on Twitter. Um I do try and, you know, write articles on the women's team as well as doing um the podcast, which is on Twitter at Moking's Meadow. Um we publish everywhere, um, Spotify uh, Apple Podcast, Acast. We're part of the Chelsea Fancast um, community, shall we say? Um, so, if you search for Chelsea Fancast, you'll see our episodes when we release them, um, which is usually once or twice a week. Um, and as you said, for new, for new people learning the team, you know, I only started watching the women's team in November, um, 2020. Um, so, I'm, I think I'm new to the women's team, but I watch them more than the men's. Now if they're playing at the same time. I'm watching the women's team, and that's because they're so good. Um, a great place. Um, sorry to steal your listeners, but is our Discord channel? Um, people are in there every day, just talking football. They, you know, Chelsea women, women's football in general. Um, it's a great way to learn about the team, about the players, and when the game's going on. People are talking, so you can you know ask questions or. Um, find out things maybe you didn't know, uh, which is great. So the more people that are genuinely you know, passionate about the team, the better, and the more people that can get to Kingsmeadow as well um, is great for the team because they love the support that we give.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that's that's the one one thing I need to tick off my box is making my way down to Kingsmeadow at some point, which work and a multiple of other things to do has made it hard to do, but one day I'll get down there, uh, cheer on the women's team. Um, But yeah, guys, if you make sure you check out all of Dean's uh, socials and the podcast, Uh, I'll put all the links down uh, in the description for you to find him. Um, It was a pleasure to have you on, Dean, and hopefully we can continue to have these wonderful collabs going forward. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you give us a rating on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and please download and share the podcast as it really helps us out here. Stay tuned for an exciting update that we will announce next episode. Uh, to bring you guys a bit more close to the content for you to have a bit more of a say and to allow you guys to have a bit more conversation with me, Jesters, any of the other people that want to collab uh, collab on the podcast regularly uh, so you can have a bit more of a say uh, and enjoy the podcast as a bit more of a conversation. Um, so until next time, this is Matt and Dean signing out at the Chels.